Good morning. It is Tuesday, May 19th, and this is Community Pulse, your local report on the coronavirus outbreak in mid-Missouri. You can catch Community Pulse Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. on KOPN, and all episodes can be found online at kopn.org, as well as on our Facebook page. I'm Mal, operations assistant over here at KOPN Studios in downtown Columbia, and today on Community Pulse... Planning for a safe summer. Dr. Elizabeth Alleman, local family physician and host of Your Health Matters, will take a look at what the data says about various summer activities for individuals and for families, and the risks associated with them. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning, Mallory. So um, if people don't want to listen to the long um, part of the show, which isn't all that long, but the summary would be, we don't really know. So that's what I'm going to keep reminding people is that we don't really know. And we're going to have to make decisions like we always do in uh, with uncertainty. So we can't make decisions um, in retrospect. So as we move forward, I'm going to remind people that we have um, data that we don't really know what it means. But anyway, the global confirmed cases is 4.9 million cases with 321,000 deaths. In the United States, we have passed 1.5 million, 1,550,000 cases with uh, 92,000 deaths. And in Missouri, using Matthew Holloway's data, who will be Jenny's guest tomorrow, I'm so excited about that, Missouri has 11,244 cases with 616 deaths. And uh, Boone County is, has increased to 105 uh, cases. Uh, I think that's stable from yesterday. Um, our surrounding counties stay fairly stable. Um, we're still seeing increases in cases in Buchanan County um, up in the St. Joseph area and in Mississippi County and the surrounding counties down by the boot heel, um, mostly related to um, incarcerated people and uh, folks who work in meatpacking plants. Um, anyway, uh, so let's talk about what we are beginning to find out about what is and isn't safe. It appears that everything outdoors is safer than anything indoors. And maybe that's too much of a generalization, but if you're going to interact with people, we're better off doing it out of doors because this is a respiratory virus that is mainly transmitted by things that are in the air. So the the fog and steam and aerosol particles and the droplets that come out of our mouths and noses when we breathe, when we talk, when we cough, when we laugh, when we sing, um, are uh, inhaled by another person. And if there's viruses in those droplets, those viruses land in our nose and mouth and uh, begin to replicate. It appears that with, like other respiratory um, viruses, that one tiny virus probably isn't enough to make you sick, that you need a, what's called a viral load. You need um, a dose of viral particles um, that are enough to overwhelm your <clears throat> body's nonspecific immune system, things like the mucus and the hair cells and all of that, so that small numbers of viruses tend to just get handled by our body not because we have antibodies to the specific virus, but just in general. And so we think we need around 1,000 viral particles of, of SARS-CoV-2 to get COVID-19. And that doesn't mean 1,000 droplet particles because there can be many viruses in each little droplet. 
So um, it makes sense that a respiratory spread illness would have a harder time spreading in the out-of-doors where wind and large volumes of air dilute the things that we're exhaling. It is still possible. So this data is from contact tracing. So in a health department, when a person tests positive, um, then the health department gets notified that um, wow, um, person one has COVID-19. And then they go and talk to person one and say, who have you been with and where have you been for the last however long, based on when their symptoms started. Um, and then they contact all of those people who they think had a significant exposure. Um, and in some places, there are now some of them voluntary, some of them pressured, some of them non-voluntary uh, electronic tra- tracking based on where your cell phone has been. Um, and uh, so these these are tools that public health people use to try to figure out whether people need to also be tested. Then they test all the people that were contacted. If we have enough testing, if not, we just quarantine all those people. And we offer them treatment and we watch for symptoms. And, you know, it's, it's about trying to take care of those people as well when it's done right. Um, And then what happens is the people who do that contact tracing get a lot of information about the stories about how we think people probably got this. And none of this data is absolutely 100%. Like we don't actually see the virus move from one person to another, but we can listen to the stories and notice trends. And like we we talked on a previous um, uh, session of Community Pulse, there's some early stuff from the United, not from the United States. I'm trying to remember where that was from. Um, where I think that was also from China, where they looked and noticed that the the highest risk transmission is in households in where people are living. In China, probably, you know, it's where we spend most of our time, and then in workplaces and restaurants and churches, and that seems to be being um, uh, held up in other. Um, studies that are being done. So there was another study looking at, um, again, a transmission in China during a time where people were spending almost all their time indoors in homes and where businesses were shut down. So they did not see workplaces as a, a large source of these outbreaks, probably because no one was in them, but I don't know that for sure. Um, there was only one outbreak, one transmission that was associated, that that we believe happened outdoors, and that was a conversation between two people who stood next to each other and talked. I am not seeing any data about how long that conversation was. So they were looking at um, hundreds of outbreaks, and that was the one um, that was associated with an outdoor transmission. Now, again, we don't know whether someone else got it outdoors but also had an exposure at the work at, you know, at home and we just are saying they had it at home. So there's some in some inexactness to this this data. Um and so uh public health folks are saying that if we are going to interact with people, it's best to do it outside and for it to still be a distance and for it to be uh smaller numbers and for people to not share food or beverages or other items so that when you pass things from one hand to another, there could be respiratory droplets on that because the second common way we get it is we get it on our hands and we put our hands up on our faces. So 
um, one of the things what, that we're all being more um, understanding is how much time we spend touching our faces. Like right now my eyes itch and I'm, I'm, it's a discipline to not rub my face. Um, anyway, so we, and, and I think that one of the things I'm noticing when I am trying to, like if I have to meet with somebody to meet with them out of doors, is that it's really hard to stay six feet away from people, that my natural tendency is to get closer to people, especially if I'm talking, if I'm thinking about something, if I'm distracted. So I think that in circumstances where um, food is involved, where um, intoxicating substances are involved, where um, people get excited about a, a concept, that we are just going to tend to get closer together to each other. And again, if we're going to do that better outside than inside, and um, everybody has to make a decision about that. So um, the other thing is that swimming pools, people are asking questions about swimming pools. It seems pretty clear based on what we know about other viruses that it is not the water. This is not a waterborne illness. This is a respiratory illness. So the problem is not that the water will be contaminated. It's that people will get together. They will shout and laugh. They will cough because water gets in their mouths. Um, but... Many pools are outdoors, and so it's a balance, and we don't really know. Um, so as far as planning for children, the other thing that's interesting to me is there's been an um, antibody study in Spain, and they took blood samples from 70,000 people in Spain. They try to do it around the country, and only 5% of them um, have antibodies, and which is kind of disappointing for all of what's Spain went through, they only have 5% of people with antibodies. And one of the things they noticed is that it was much like, so 5% of the whole population had antibodies. Only 1% of babies under a year of age had antibodies. Um, for one to four-year-olds, it was 2%. And for those five, between five and nine, it was 3%. So we don't know what that means. Does that mean that children don't get it? Does that mean that they get it, but they don't make antibodies? We don't know. But when we're trying to figure out about um, whether what we should be doing with our children, they, they love being together. It's, um, it allows parents to have a break if we can get the children together. It's possible they just aren't getting it. Why they wouldn't be getting it, I don't know. <clears throat> but it's also possible they're getting it and not making an antibody. Why that would be, I don't know. So this is a question. But many other people I've heard have raised the question of, like, maybe it's not our schools and daycares and summer programs that are going to be spreading this. So this is a question. Please don't misunderstand me as saying, oh, kids don't get it, so we can put the kids together. I don't know. We, we have to, you know, we're, the science is emerging, and we're trying to figure it out. And this is why when we hear public health messages, why they can seem... Like they can seem like, oh, suddenly you've switched. Well, it's because it was we weren't the data that we were basing it on wasn't 100% clear and it wasn't complete. And our public health messages often have to be just absolutely wear your seatbelt, don't smoke cigarettes, exercise, eat your vegetables. When men, so those messages really don't have a nuance to them. But we need to be clear that many health, public health messages have a nuance. So. Um, I would be encouraging parents who are considering what their children are going to do this summer to ask lots of questions about whether the activities are going to happen indoors or outdoors, 
what's the plan about keeping people um, apart from each other. Um, and it's possible that the highest risk part of that is when the adults are coming together to pick up and drop off. And so those are the um, things that need to be talked about. Um, it is not clear from any of this data that I'm seeing that it does not appear that anybody has is reporting on um, prevalence of mask wearing as a um, way to reduce transmission. And I think that trying to have especially small children under two should not wear a mask. I am trying to figure out how you would get somebody between two and five to wear a mask. Um, so there's that. And how to, to t teach people to do that as a new skill in a large group of young people would be uh, is going to be a challenge. So those are the, and of course we also need to be figuring out how to do frequent hand washing, which is probably every two to three times an hour, which is a lot. Doing it right, keeping people from touching each other. Um, dealing with mealtimes. So these are the things that um, people who are coordinating programs for children, especially in the summer, are going to have to deal with. And um, mostly, you know, especially once it gets hot and sunny, we need our children to not be spending all day outdoors in the sunshine. So figuring out how to provide them shelter from the elements, keep them safe from the various outdoor challenges, and also keep them outdoors when in previous times we have always mostly take, taking care of our children indoors. So, all right, Mallory, what questions have I not covered? I think one that's lingering, lingering for me at least, is, um, you know, as people are kind of going more places, doing more things, maybe being in contact with more people as everything is reopening gradually, um, what kind of effect is that going to have on the data that we're using for these conversations? I mean, is it going to get a little bit more unreliable, a little bit trickier to figure out if someone does um, catch the virus, you know, where it came from? And, and yeah, I guess it's kind of an open-ended question. Right. But, um, what's that yeah. going to look like? As, like, well, like, what's your approach to that as we're moving forward? Yeah, I, it's a day-to-hour-to-hour -day, hour -to -hour thing, mm -hmm. and um, I think for everybody. But I am watching the numbers. So our numbers in Missouri have been declining, and um, it looks like they've leveled, the declining has leveled off, and we may be seeing an uptick. Uh, primarily in gross numbers led by what's going on in St. Louis, but in per population per capita by what's going on in Buchanan County, Saline County, and Mississippi County. So um, uh, I'm going to be watching the numbers. I think that it's a one thing to to look at numbers, not just gross numbers, but numbers per capita in your population. What's the concentration of uh, of new cases? And there are some things that I would be willing to do in Boone County when we've only had five new cases in the last couple of last week or so um, that I wouldn't be willing to do if we'd had 30 new cases in the last week. Mm -hmm. um, and so I guess the other thing is to stay, is everybody to stay flexible, which is hard. And it's, I understand it's a privileged spot, but um, it's possible that people will begin child uh, summer programs that really why the most wise thing would be to cancel them halfway through, which is a really difficult thing to do. Uh, and it puts parents in this challenging situation of then, then what are they going to do with their children? Mm -hmm. um, and 
I don't know what to say except um, in my parenting journey was just one requirement to be flexible after another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you mention playgrounds at all? Um, I did not. We don't know what to do about that. So a lot of people are very concerned about surfaces and decontaminating surfaces. And I um, am not as concerned about those. I don't think that it's a zero risk. Um, and But many of these things are out in the uh, in the sunshine, which we believe is a decontaminant ultraviolet light. Not all of the surfaces are exposed to sunlight, so it, you know the underside of the slide and the underside of the monkey bars are not. Um, and I think that depends a lot on how frequently the playground material, you know, things are being used. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the only other thing that I want to mention is that we'd really love to hear from some listeners on this topic. I think we're planning to pick it back up, pick back up this discussion on Thursday with a little bit more of a local focus. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about? Yeah, I would love to. I would love to hear what people are deciding for their children, what programs they're considering, what questions they're asking and what answers they're getting. And if anybody has a particular experience with a particular program that they're either impressed with or unimpressed with, um, I would love to hear that. And Mallory, tell people how they can get that information to the station. So you can give us a call and leave us a message at 573-874-1139, or you can email gm at kopn.org. Or you can also find us on Instagram or Facebook Facebook, and comment or send us a message. Yeah, and I want to remind people that um, our testing numbers seem to be either leveling off or down. Uh, testing capacity continues to be somewhat limited, but it is not terribly limited. So if you're having any symptoms of fever, cough, fatigue, uh, change in smell or taste, or intestinal symptoms like nausea, vomiting, or diarrhea, you can, um, or shortness of breath, didn't mention that. Um, you can either go through the university system on um, muhealth.org, and they have a process that will walk you through, and you can get tested by not leaving your car. Or you can get your primary care provider to, to fax an order over to um, the local labs at Quest Diagnostics or uh, Boone Hospital Center. And if you don't have a primary care provider and you have symptoms and want testing, I am providing a free phone call to get that taken care of at 573-443-7070. And just to be clear, that's a a conversation to get the testing done and to get your results, and it's not really giving you health care advice. I've got another mechanism for doing that. Um, So uh, if people are interested in that, they can either uh, call me. But I would love to hear people's questions about What's their plan for child care? And then I think Jenny has somebody has um, is talking to Columbia Public Schools about having a guest on to talk about what Columbia Public Schools is doing about this. And um, then I guess in a couple of weeks we're going to need to start to talk about what's the fall going to look like too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so thank you for everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Mallory, for being a, a, a lovely engineer. And um, we'll. Uh, You'll be listening to Jenny Chadwick talk with Matthew Holloway tomorrow, who's been tracking the numbers beautifully in Missouri. And then I'll be back on Thursday to talk, finish this conversation. Awesome. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Community Pulse. You can catch Community Pulse Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. and later in the day 
at kopn.org and on our Facebook page. As we mentioned for part two of this segment on summer activities, we would love to hear from you. How are you keeping your busy family? What have you been doing? What are your plans? What are your questions? You can leave a message for us at 573-874-1139 or send an email to gm at kopn.org or find us on Instagram or Facebook and send us a message. As Dr. Alleman mentioned, tomorrow on Community Pulse, Matthew Holloway will join Jenny Chatwick to discuss interpreting COVID data for the public. Coming up next is an abbreviated version of Background Briefing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.